Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on uh, End Times Friday, and uh, it's uh, second week of July. So that's kind of fun. And uh, we had some fun, you and I had some fun doing the... Uh, July 4th, little celebration. Right, of, uh, right. You know, so as we we think of kind of tie these two things together, you know, we've celebrated the birth of our country, and our country has been great for sure. Uh, magnificent, uh, wealthy, privileged uh, democracy, you know, to the, mm-hmm. the nth degree. And, A lot of uh, blessing for sure. Yeah, and it was founded on, um, you know, I, I think there's a misnomer to say it was a Christian nation because there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if a Christian nation would mean it was, it was fully functioning as a uh, group believers in Christ, but it's it was founded on the principles that God gave these men because they had a deep abiding faith in Christianity and, and in God, and because of that, they held certain values mm-hmm. uh, of freedom. Uh, pursuit of good things uh, under God uh, that we would be under. They would, and again, this is hard to, for us to fathom in our timeline. But um, the people that were that were functioning in leadership, they would have never thought that anybody wouldn't believe in a in a great deity um, mm-hmm. because they were so in tune with the fact that, that it had to be, you know, created and we were created and, you know, they believed in, in truth and, and understanding of that. So they, they just assumed that, but they set it up for the freedom of that. So mm-hmm. they knew the freedom of religion, that they wouldn't force it on people, but they would invite people to it and they would like everybody to at least come to their own conclusions about that and never, mm-hmm. never force their way onto it. And they remember they were coming out of England where there was a king, um, right. and there was a forced. And there was a national religion. There right? was a national religion and a and a forced way of functioning, um, and they they wanted to uh, when they when they uh, went to independence, they didn't want to be under the rulership of a single person or a mm-hmm. single system. Rather, let's let us decide it. And they uh, over time, remember when they first uh, the Fourth of July. Um, they were just declaring independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't fully understand what what was it going to look like. Um, we're gonna, they knew, by the way, when they did that, they were going to go to war. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did. They they wound up going to war, and of course, they won their independence uh, through the defeat of the of the British. And they basically, the British said, "Okay, we 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 are going to give you. Go ahead, you can run it. Um, we're not going to bother with this anymore." And they went back home. Mm-hmm. Um, but now. It was like, okay, <laughs> now that you won, you know, what are you going to do? Um, mm-hmm. And there were, uh, they already had set up uh, colonies, 
and the colonies, you know, we're 13 colonies. And, you know, it's going from, you know, Vermont, North, uh, uh, Massachusetts, New York, Delaware, you know, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, North and South Carolina, uh, Georgia. Uh, there was the 13 colonies along the eastern border of it. Um, and they functioned kind of like, you know, a little bit independent. And they said, well, we got to form a country. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go do that. And then they, they formed up and worked at the uh, Constitution uh, of, okay, how are we going to operate as a country as opposed to independent colonies? Right. Um, so then they went to the, you know, the what they call the uh, 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 Constitutional Convention, and they held it in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And uh, their uh, uh, goal was, okay, we got to figure out how are we gonna how are we gonna operate as a democracy as opposed to a theocracy or a dictatorship right. of how typically the countries were operating: France, Spain, Germany, uh, and uh, England. So they got together and said, okay, let's represent each other, and and. Uh, they came with a little had a little bit of a problem. They said, "Okay, we're going to get together and have a a, a system of voting." Um, and they said, uh, "The smaller states said, well, let's or the larger states said, let's do it by population." And Which did not suit the smaller states. And the well. smaller states <laughs> said, "Yeah, but that means we're going to lose our representation. And you're going to dictate, and we don't want that." Mm-hmm. You know, so they they couldn't figure out what do we do? What do we do? Uh, so, uh, Ben Franklin, um, who w- you would say and historically wouldn't be an overly religious person. Okay. Um, he would he would say, "I believe in God, and I you know I'm certainly supportive of Christianity." But he was not an overly religious person. But he said, "You know what? We can't figure this out. Um, so let's." Uh, have the pastors of Philadelphia preach to us. We'll, we'll go out, we'll have a day of fasting, we'll mm-hmm. fast and pray and listen to what these guys can tell us. You know, when the question is, what is God, what do you say God, what is God, God got to say to us? Um, so they preached about equity and freedom and, and justice and, uh, and they came back and said, you know, uh, it seems like, uh, and they came up with this great idea, maybe we should have two representatives uh, systems mm-hmm. where we do one by population right. and the other one by sh- pure equality. So mm-hmm. everybody, and they said they came up with the Senate and that was everybody gets a vote of two, or gets people, two people to vote and we're all equal. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have the House, which is by population. Mm-hmm. And then you vote and you two have to, to get together and uh, negotiate bills and then we'll have a president, and he can represent. Uh, then, if you agree, we can. He can agree to it and sign it. He can and, also veto. And yeah. he can veto it, and you got to have two thirds majority to uh, veto it, which means the mm-hmm. Senate and the actually in the Senate has mm-hmm. to has to then uh, support it. So um, they did that, and they said, "How brilliant is that?" And then, by the way, we'll have a third branch called the judiciary. And the Supreme Court and, and appellate courts, etc., and uh, their job is to interpret the laws that you two houses make that the president signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the system, and they 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 thought, what a great check and balance. 
Right. Uh, and it was brilliant, you know, and it was free. It was around freedom and choice and voting. Um, and they would never imagine <laughs> that, you know, and this just happened, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, where the president would do what's called an executive order mm-hmm. and bypass the whole thing and just say, I, I declare. Um, and there are certain things he declares, and every president, and, you know, like when Trump came in, he did like 20, 30 executive orders. When Biden comes in, he reverses them and does his own executive orders. So it's kind of bypasses the system. And then, by the way, the judiciary, uh, which they never envisioned would ever make law, would only to interpret it in 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 light of the Constitution, and the states would be making law, and the, you know, Congress... Um, but now the the, the uh, legislature makes law, declares something, and that becomes the law of the land. So that, um, like here in Colorado, Melinda and I were uh, through this, where the uh, state uh, Congress uh, passed a law that marriage, this is back in uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, marriage mm-hmm. is between a man and a woman. Um, and they voted it. We voted it as a population. So right. it was on the ballot. They put it forth, we voted it, and it became law. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the Colorado Supreme Court came along and said, we uh, invalidate that law, and we say that's not the definition. The definition can be just between two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we voted, which is the way the system's mm-hmm. supposed to work, um, then became- it's Basically uh, thrown out the window. Thrown out right? the window and said a single court decided it, and that's kind of the, what's happened to the country. Well, um, the Supreme Court uh, is is the final say-so on that. So it keeps, uh, it can go through what's called a, a appellate court, and then federal court, and then uh, ultimately to the Supreme Court, um, and they declare whether something's valid or not. Well, mm-hmm. uh, they have, we, we've experienced, so we taped this ahead, uh, the uh, Supreme Court ruled that Roe versus Wade was not valid. Right. Um, and what that meant, by the way, and it's a little bit of a misnomer of what people think it means, what it doesn't mean. They think it, it has invalidated abortion completely. And the answer is it actually didn't do that. Right, it just bumped it back to the states deciding. What correct? it did is say that the law of the land is, instead of it being a national policy, mm-hmm. it's now up to the individual states to decide what is what do they want to do with abortion, they have the right to decide. Right. Uh, which, by the way, should be ultimately voted on by the people, and ultimately what they want to you know put forth. So now it's state by state by state. So some states like Colorado is very super aggressive, where you can literally abort a baby even after birth, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable to me. Uh, it's 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 dumb, dumb, dumbfounding to me. Uh, other states have say, well, you're not going to have any abortion or abortion only up to a certain number of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, it's all going to be sorted out um, through the next you know, uh, year. But there's been a, a lot of, interesting enough, there's been protesting because yes. they've, over, they've overthought what it meant, but it really doesn't mean that. Um, but they're protesting that very thing, and so it's going to be interesting to see where that, where that plays out. Um, and then on top of it, um, the Supreme Court uh, just passed, or yeah, just voted in favor of this football coach in mm-hmm. Washington who was uh, fired because he prayed after a game. Right. 
And he wasn't forcing it on anybody. He just invited anybody who wants to come pray with me, pray. And they fired him because of it. Well, the Supreme Court said, no, that's, that's a violation of the person's rights. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go pray voluntarily, you have the right to do that, and, and, you, and you can't fire them, you know, so um, through discrimination. So it's an interesting thing. I think what's happening, because we're seeing such, such strength go toward, you know, uh, anti-godly culture, mm-hmm. that we're seeing uh, the ADF, which, by the way, uh, Linda and I are leading a, a retreat for ADF here coming up in a couple of weeks. They're having victory. Uh, mm-hmm. with freedom, the wait a second, you're pushing it too far. Now we can't force, and again, this is what we talked about about the country, is their intention was never to force anything on anybody. It was, right. well, why don't you let the population decide what they want, and you have the freedom to go uh, gather, you have the freedom to bear arms, you have the mm-hmm. uh, freedom to go re- uh, worship the way you want to. And they would never have envisioned that those freedoms would be encroached upon which, which is where the culture's been headed because that's, you know, remember it's principalities and powers right. uh, working toward that. Um, and we've been given, I think we've been given some cover, some mm-hmm. reprieve to where the, the movement away from being able to speak truth and, and perform the things that are important to us, uh, which have been kind of been crushed. I think, I think what we're seeing is, and through the, you know, just the amazing work of God and people of God, we're seeing a reversal of that a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to stop it, uh, but rather it's going to give us some cover uh, in the meantime. Right. And because of the, you know, we think about the tribulation, uh, that it's headed, and it says in Scripture that good will become evil and evil will mm-hmm. become good. Uh, and so it's a matter of, well, how much time do we have? Watch the signs. We've talked about that. Um, and the neat thing is, is that. Uh, God keeps reminding us of be careful <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that you don't overthink it or overdo it or think it's too fast because you know there's there's a, a time is is way different than you have a tendency to think and of course mm-hmm. our view of it is it's immediate and God's immediate well yeah, maybe not you know um, right uh, so we have to keep keep watching and, and verifying it and, and we've talked about um, you know, we, uh, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and they publicly, uh, I think I've stated this, but they publicly said that their goal is to uh, do the Great Reset. Mm-hmm. And the Great Reset for them would be one world government, one world currency. Um, everything is, is run by a global system uh, is 2030. Right. They are, yeah. they are purposely trying to go to 2030 if they achieve it, then it'll be 2030. That's, that's their stated mm-hmm. goal. Now, by the way, ultimately they do because we know something. The tribulation is going to happen. Right. Um, and when and a the, lot of their goals align with the timeline of, or not with the timeline, but with, with the things structure, that must happen. Structure, structure of it, yeah. It's yes. going to happen. So there's going to be one world government, one world currency. Um, all of these things are, in fact, uh, true, and that's why when we say watch the signs, it's now there's a group of people mm-hmm. who are purposely, actually interesting enough, <laughs> trying to bring on the tribulation mm-hmm. uh, because that's what the goal of the tribulation is. Now remember, uh, and as we talk about tribulation, see we we take that word as trouble. Right. Uh, interesting enough, it's spiritual trouble, but not not uh, worldly trouble. Interesting enough. 
when the tribulation comes, it actually solves a problem, which is an economic collapse. Right. And doesn't the beginning, like the first half of the tribulation, actually appears to be very good? It appears to be fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that hey everything By gets resolved standards. and you know so that means I, I believe there's going to be debt release and there's going to be economic gain and but it's going to be a brand new system it won't be capitalism right. uh, it's going to be member controlled by a, a thing but you have the incentive to join it and hey you're going to be blessed in, in, economically and and so the people that join it are going to think hey this is fantastic mm-hmm. um, so the the tribulation word is a little bit of a misnomer per se, because people say, well, it's not trouble. It seems like it's really mm-hmm. good because good has become evil. evil. Evil has become good. And the only ones that don't are the Christians who understand it and don't take the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. which we'll get into uh, sometime soon, <laughs> uh, to understand that while it looks good, God says it's not good. Mm-hmm. That's why the word tribulation is because actually it's putting uh, the demonic and the, and the satanic into more and more power. And what looks good really isn't because it's deception. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about that. But one thing we wanted to get into uh, that Jesus actually made a comment about, remember this is in the context of watch the signs, uh, is this interesting parable um, of the uh, virgins. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in the context of the end time. So... Uh, this is Matthew. Um, I think we're in um, Matthew 25, 25 uh, 1 through uh, 13. And this follows, uh, you know, the, the uh, things about, you know, when is it going to happen? Uh, it's going to happen as in the days of Noah when um, everybody said no problem. Mm-hmm. And God said, there's a problem. And, right. and you better be, you know, you, hey, Noah, be faithful. And everybody else is going to call you crazy, but it's going to happen. And by the way, it happened. Um, and it says that they they didn't consider the truth of that until <laughs> they were all drowned from the flood. Right. Then, well, that became real. Then, you know. And so he said, "That's going to happen. Watch, watch. Therefore, for the hour is coming, and be be, be on, on the alert." Then the faithful servant, the evil servant, uh, is um, the faithful is following what the master is saying and mm-hmm. not denying what, what he's saying, what he invites us to. And he says, um, you know, be careful that you uh, are watching for what the serve, what the master is going to show and mm-hmm. say. And so, uh, and what we keep saying is keep asking God, what do, you, what do you have to say about this? And and he's the master, not us. Mm-hmm. So don't take anybody, hey, it's going to happen, the X, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. But ultimately, it's him. He says, well, then he gets into this parable of the wise and foolish virgins following that. So go ahead and read that, 1 through sure. uh, 13, uh, parable uh, in chapter 25. Sure. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. What? But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming out, to, is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins who arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. 
And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Yeah. So, um, uh, first of all, he says that um, the ultimate uh, answer is joining the bridegroom, Christ, Mm -hmm. uh, in his place. Right. And he said, you're the bride. Uh, So... I'm going to come in and get you and invite you to that time. And the goal is, are you going to be with me? Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm at. Um, and so he's, he's implying that there's going to be a time mm-hmm. when it's going to, in a sense, be sudden. Uh, that it's not like, well, I'm giving you all kinds of opportunity. It's like, this is it. Are, are, you, are you coming or not? Um, and so he's, he's uh, inviting people to come. And he says it's uh, the kingdom of heaven. So he said it's, it's like mm-hmm. uh, to ten virgins who took their lamps uh, and went out to meet the bridegroom. Uh, five of them were what? Wise. Mm-hmm. And five, and five were, foolish. were foolish. Um, okay, now he says the foolish... In verse three, were the ones that had the lamps, but what did they have? They didn't have any oil for them. They had, didn't have any oil in them, um, and and so they assumed it was okay. Okay, now mm-hmm. um, there's two. There's kind of two levels of meaning with this parable. Um, when he comes, and they say, um, "Okay, he's here. Could you give us your oil?" Mm-hmm. And the ones that have the oil say, I can't. Uh, there's two, and there's two levels here. One is, um, I actually can't give it to you. And number two is that if I gave it to you, then I'm not going to have enough, mm-hmm. you know, for me. And so go ahead and you go out and, you know, buy this on your own, get this on your own. And of course, while they're buying it, what happens? The door shuts. The bridegroom comes, yeah. Um, and they they can't get in. Okay, so... There's two levels of it, is that uh, when you look at the lamp, uh, Jesus said what? You, to his, to his followers, you are the, uh, the light of the world. Mm-hmm. You are the lamp. Okay, our oil at one level is who? It's the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, because it's Christ in us, the light of glory, so that um, it's not about, it doesn't matter that I'm not a believer, but you know I'm sure it's going to be okay. And he says, "Well, I, d- I didn't know you. Uh, no, I can't allow you in because you don't have any oil. You don't have what? You don't have the Holy Spirit. How did you get the Holy Spirit? You received me by believing what I had to say was true. Hmm. Um, and so that is a demarcation between those that wind up with him and those that don't. Do you have me within you or not? Mm-hmm. And you can't say, yeah, but I didn't know, or yeah, but um, uh, I thought I could get there, or yeah, but um, I'm a good person. He said it's not about that. It's about whether you have the right. oil. Whether you have the oil yes or no, yeah. Yeah, either have the oil, either the Holy Spirit, or don't. And I can't change that just because mm-hmm. it's a good idea on your part. So he's, that's, that's the primary level of it. Then the second level, remember he's talking about the end, is he's saying um, the idea of preparation. 
mm-hmm. is that the wise um, were what prepared, right? Because well, we need oil if if he's going to come at night, and I need a lamp. What do I need? I need oil to, I need the oil, to light right. it, to be able to light it. And the other one said, "Ah, eh, it doesn't matter," um, because probably he'll come during the day and we won't need it. Or, hey, if we get it, or if he comes, I still have time to get it. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, actually, no, that I'm going to come when you least expect it, and you're going to need it, supply, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to make it through, you know, to the tribulation. So he's implying the second level of preparation is really important and it's preparation from what from the master which remember these other parables or other statements is the wise does what listen to the master mm-hmm. uh, so uh, he's saying don't be foolish and and think of foolishness as just really something simple ignoring the master right um, I think I know better or hey I'm sure it'll be fine or mm-hmm. who cares um, Whatever happens, happens. He said, well, <laughs> it's going to matter uh, for you to be prepared. The wise are the ones that are prepared and are able to make it through. The foolish are the ones that aren't prepared. So he has right. these, these double meaning of, first of all, it's about salvation. Mm-hmm. And either you have Christ or you don't. And there's no, there's no in between. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't later, when the door's shut, meaning you're, you're either dead or, you, or you're you know, uh, in a place where... Uh, you have a, a opportunity. You think you have opportunity to, to receive him again, but he says it's done. You can't do that. You either have me or you don't. And then the second level is preparation mm-hmm. of um, yes, it's coming, and I want you to be aware, be prepared, be ready, have supply. Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid and don't have don't have uh, zero supply, but have supply for getting ready for the for the tribulation. So. It's this double meaning as he ends his kind of discussion of this, of um, are you going to be wise or are you going to be foolish? Mm-hmm. Uh, wisdom starts, first of all, with well, are, you, are, you, are you part of my family or not? Right. Uh, and then number two is if you're part of my family, get prepared and be ready. If I ask you to prepare for something, have the stuff with, with you. Right. Uh, and don't and his instructions. And my instructions, you know, that I'm going to give you because it's, it's really important as we head toward... Yeah, the tribulation. Remember, there's going to be time for that. Um, but even now, you know, we're we're having scarcities and supply mm-hmm. chain issues and things like you can't buy cars and meat is hard to uh, get and even uh, you know basic supplies like toilet paper sometimes can be hard to get. Or um, as we're facing in our in our life, our right now is what baby formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that have babies can't get formula. Well, that's that's the problem. Right, um, absolutely. And that's kind of indicative of what he's saying is there's going to be shortages and you may want to be ready if I give you instruction of what to do and how to do and get ready for it. Uh, wisdom is really simple. Hey, why mm-hmm. don't you just follow me? <laughs> so so as, we, as we talk about this uh, and we're going to go into the beast uh, next, next time, uh, is what's the difference between the beast and the Antichrist? And uh, what is the issue going to be as we head toward the tribulation and what do we need to be prepared for and what might we expect would happen that we could be in a problem where we need things, uh, physical things, uh, 
to be able to make it through, and we'll, and we'll talk about that and the mark of the beast. And these are all questions that are kind of swirling around. We kind of we did a summary of those in our in our previous work, but we're going to try to go into much more depth about that about Excellent. the beast yeah. and the mark of the beast and what's the difference between the beast and the antichrist and what does that look like and what should we think about and how do we get prepared for and that? And how do we prepare for that? Um, yeah. And remember, there's no system to it. Uh, it's the master, and we're the we're the bride, a, gr- a bride to the master, and we're we're the one that's going to be called specifically, and he'll give us instruction. And the key is he wants to, and he will, and and we'll understand it. So, we'll pick this up again uh, next time, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, as you look at the signs of the times, that it's, I guess the conclusion of it all is it's it's really tricky, <laughs> it's re- mm-hmm. and it's really different, um, and we can't predict anything anymore. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to see what God has to say about it as we you know, move step by step by step. So we'll pick this up again uh, next time. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. And like Rich said, really, at, at the end of the day, this all comes back to abiding and walking yeah. with him and asking him what he has to say. And regardless of how this goes, you know, of things being difficult or things seeming to go in our favor at sometimes, it is a call to be at his feet and continually asking him for instruction and wisdom yep. and walking with him into his plans. Amen. And so that's a beautiful call on each of our lives. Amen to that. Yes. So, thanks for joining us, everyone. And we will see you again next time. Yep. Have a great weekend. All right, we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.